But one thing that I think is really important in the kingdom today. You want to go sit down? <laughs> I am very, I'm easily distracted. <laughs> um, is, and, and this is with men and women. This is across the board. But I think what is challenged today in our world is what I would deem as godly character. The idea of um, mean what you say and live it out. Become that. Now, I grew up with a dad that had a lot of character. He really did. But he also had an ego as big as a house. And that challenges character from time to time. So ego and character are not best friends. Character and passion and love and mercy is the soil by which character is developed. a matter of fact, character is something that is being eroded before our very eyes. It's on the airways. It's everywhere. It's being eroded. Our role models have an erosion of character. And I believe in the kingdom, in the church, God's people, followers of Jesus, disciples, those who love God need to embrace character wholeheartedly. And I want to say this too. It's never, ever too late to change. We all have regrets. We all have things that we wished we would have done differently. We can start today and do life differently. Every one of us. That is the grace of Jesus in our lives. And we can say all the right words. And we can have all the right answers. But if we do not live them, what are we? Right? Right? Okay. I'll let you chew on that a little bit. Anyways. So, character, in my mind, is the soil by which we live our life. And it always needs to be cultivated, and it's always going to be challenged. We think of character as honesty and, and, and being courageous. We also, a, a big word is integrity. Those are all things that formulate who we are in a, in a way of character. We think that character really shows our reputation. It follows us. It surrounds us. It is seeable. It's recognizable. It, 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 it stands in the face of unrighteousness. Character is huge, right? Wouldn't you not, would, you, would you not say yes to that? So I think of what Paul says in Romans um, 5. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward, listen, look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that he helps us develop endurance. We know that this helps us develop endurance. 
Character does not take the easy way out. Character stands on truth and righteousness. And I'm telling you, the enemy will always try to give you an easy solution. Hello? Just saying. And, de- <laughs> and, and, in de- and endurance develops strength. Now listen to this. Endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Romans, the author. And this is hope that will lead us, will not lead us into disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. I have one more scripture. It's Micah 6 8. And in the beginning, as Micah 6 8, and as Micah is a, a prophetic voice into the house of God, it's talked about what should we bring? Should we bring our money? Should we bring our substance to the Lord? Should we, so we, we need to satisfy God in some way. What can we do to give God to, to, to appease Him? And they had all of these religious ways that they could come to God and say, okay, I'm giving you this and I'm going to give you that. But Micah says this. What can you bring to the Lord? Should we bring him burnt offerings? Should we bow before him the most high with an offering of yearling, a yearling calf? Should we offer him thousands of rams and thousands of rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn child to, to, to pay for our sins? What is it that we can bring to God? And Micah answers this way. He says, no, no, O people. The Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you. To do right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Brothers and sisters, this needs to be a passion of God's people. And it needs to be recognizable, it needs to be seen, and it needs to be lived. I bless you with that in Jesus' name. Now, fathers, in case I don't get a chance to see you before you leave, we're going to have a basket, and i got this little light that I want to give you. This one right here, see? (laughs) And it's, you know, it's just got our our name on it and so forth. But the thing about a little, it's a little keychain. You know, you got to give guys something practical, right? Uh, <laughs> it's got a little, little, little keychain. But the real symbolism of this, uh, Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet. So please pick one up. God bless you. <laughs> it's the one that gives the best answers. <laughs> No, no, it'll be back there on the table. Uh, I like the prizes. This one's used. You can hand that. (laughs) (laughs) Can you hand that to them? (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of pass this around as we go. Um, (laughs) I think this panel may be a a lot different than the Mother's Day panel uh, that we had a couple weeks ago. So we thought it would be fun... um, you know, because we did our Mother's Day panel, to have the, the fathers, some really great fathers come up and share for Father's Day. And if you noticed, I had to kind of bribe these guys up here 
And so we actually set up a monitor. There's actually sports going on on that TV right there. <laughs> so we thought that may be a connection to get some dads up here. Just kidding. It's just notes from Daryl as the service goes. No, it's not that either. Um, I'm really excited uh, to get to share some time uh, with these three guys. And we have some questions um, that we put on the realm, and and some folks ask some questions. We also want to give you the option to ask questions through the service. So you'll see there's a cell phone number up there uh, that you can use to text questions. The spam was not from me. That was from Matt. I just want, I want to make sure you know that. <laughs> um, but why don't we start? Why don't we, all you guys, just introduce yourselves. Tell us uh, about you and your families and get, let everyone get to know you. Hi. My name's Jake. Uh, I'm married to Cassie back there. Uh, um, I'm a musician and an actor and a and a video editor and a stay-at-home dad. Um, and so we have two kids, Emmaus and Imogen. Emmaus is nine, Imogen is seven. You've probably seen them around if you've been here very much at all. Uh, anything else? That's yeah, pretty good. that's great. Yeah. My name is Daniel, and Casey uh, texted me and asked if I wanted to be here. I was like, oh, really scraping the bottom of the barrel. For this, huh? so, <laughs> Which I'll say is the exact same thing his father said. So there is a connection <laughs> here already. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been, I grew up in this church. I've been going to this church pretty much since I was three years old. Um, other than, uh, and I am uh, 23. <laughs> I'm 35. <laughs> And uh, I'm I'm the, the the assistant pastor here as well, and I I love I love doing worship, and uh, I'll get up and preach occasionally when they let me. So, um, but uh, yeah, I love love this church, committed to this church. Uh, my full time job, I work uh, in a State Farm agent's uh, office and uh, sell insurance there. But um, have a beautiful wife, Cherish, who I believe is in the nursery right now, and uh, a daughter, two and a half year old daughter, uh, Thea. So, and uh, she'll, she'll be two and a half next month, actually. So, um, yeah. Cool. A couple of qualifiers. Uh, <laughs> Casey said he looked for some good fathers to put up here, and he got us instead. <laughs> so, and anyway, um, and Daniel will offer no original information. He'll only verify what I say. <laughs> My name is John. Uh, I'm married. I have three kids. One lives in Cairo, Egypt, and has two grandchildren. Daniel lives here, and Rebecca on the back row. Sometimes you see you here up here singing, and so, um, uh, you know, I'm 35 also. <laughs> Times two plus two. <laughs> okay. When we asked John to join the panel, I thought we better have Daniel to just to say yes or no, whether what he's saying. <laughs> Sometimes you can't tell if he's being honest or serious or just, you know, pulling your chain. And so Daniel will just give you a nod or an eye roll or something like that. 
Uh, I also thought this was a really cool cross-section of guys also that have little kids, that have grown kids, that uh, father and son. So I I think there's some fun dynamics uh, that that we can chat about. So why don't we start, tell us what is your favorite part about being a dad? (laughs) Well... Guess he doesn't doesn't like it. But. <laughs> um, I, I think I think one of my favorite parts of being a dad is just when I I come home from work and just to see my daughter excited to see me and say, "Daddy, Daddy." So I, I think that that's one of the just the one of the coolest moments that that I have is uh, when I can come home and and and. Um, well, there's a good day, long day, hard day that uh, I know that she'll be there and. Most of the time, sometimes she's, I walk in and I hear a tantrum throwing and I'm ready to just walk back out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but most days she's excited to see me. Drive so, around the block. No. <laughs> yeah, mine's similar. It's uh, those moments that they look at you with adoration and, and they hug you with abandon. And it's just probably the best feeling. Awesome. You, you really don't have anything? <laughs> I just spending time with family and you know, is probably the best thing. <laughs> he says in faith, I think, over there. Um, well, John, you may jump in faster on this question. What's the hardest part about being a father? <laughs> <laughs> the hardest part of parenting is knowing when and how to discipline and saying I'm sorry. Yeah, I think uh, right now, um, just given the age that my daughter is at two and a half, I think one of the hardest parts for me is is just when she is just throwing a tantrum and just inconsolable and it's like, I mean, my wife handles that much better. I think she knows how to calm her down. I just finally get to the point, it's like, all right, you just do your thing. <laughs> I'll just look at my phone for a minute. <laughs> so, yeah. but There's not an app for that. There's not an app. There's not. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Yeah, it's pretty, that's pretty much it. <laughs> no, it's uh, keeping my temper. And um, right now managing between the two when they're bickering, which is about 70% of the time. (laughs) That's including the sleep time. (laughs) They bicker a lot right now, so it happens. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have some questions coming in, like as you guys are talking. I think this one's really good. Um, As a father who grew up without a father figure in my house, how do I best leverage the community of faith and the spirit uh, to fill in the gaps so that I can provide my kids with the best father I can be and ensure they, don't, they grow up with a father. Let's give us a, about a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, oh. <laughs> oh. Well, I was going to save this toward the end, but uh, I'll, I'll put it, it seems appropriate now. Uh, At one point, a few decades ago, I wondered, why didn't God give us more direct information on how to raise children in the Bible? Why didn't he speak about it? And then the Lord said, the whole Bible 
is about how you treat your children and how to raise them. Because I'm a father and you're a child. If you know and understand the Bible, you'll know how to raise your children. It doesn't mean I did it very well, but I knew. Yeah, I think even, I mean, just the, the fact that you're asking that question says something about um, a, a certain level of humility, I think. Um, and I think that that's key, is that you have the humility to, to go and ask for help when you don't know how to handle situations that, that um, you know, as, as far as within the community of faith, there are, are um, people who can help you through that and help you through different situations, depending on, on what, what stage you're in in that. I think that there's different people who could, who could walk alongside you. And so just be willing to ask for help when you need help. I think that's key. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And the um, also just your relationship with God um, as you work that out in the community of faith. I think you you get to see that um, the kind of qualities from God, as well as exemplified in the people that you're with, um, if the community of faith is of any quality. <laughs> Um, then you'll see those those qualities exemplified in the in the people around you, um, and you'll know that that's just who you need to be. Um, so to me, father fatherhood isn't about treating your children any different than you treat anyone else. Um, it's it's about how you treat people in general. It's love, kindness, respect, um, patience, um, and the only difference is that we are tasked with the job of specifically helping these children work that out in their lives as well. So it's, it, that's what it is to me. Yeah, good point. Uh, I'll plug uh, small groups as well in that, that, you know, you, you know if, you're, if you're just here on Sundays, that's not enough. Like, you have to live life with people. That's where you get that, that life, where that life comes from. So... Um, John, there was a specific question that came in for you. Uh, what advice did you give Daniel about raising kids? The Second Amendment comes into play. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, I don't know that I gave him any direct information <laughs> just you know just love them and spend time with them and uh, like Daryl alluded to earlier just take hypocrisy out of your out of your life you know basically walk what you talk and I mean mistakes are going to be made and you will make a lot of mistakes and your kids will remember some of those mistakes, and they'll forgive most of them, but they will not forgive hypocrisy. I don't think. Nice. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I think that you know, one when, when he um, was talking about one of the hardest things to do that, uh, and I, I don't, I don't know specifically if he actually gave me when when we were having Thea, if he specifically said here's some. Vice. I don't recall that particular conversation, but um, you know, I think through the years, I, I, I do remember that he was that he would apologize. You know, like when you know he talks about one of the hardest things to do is to apologize, and he would do that when he would make a mistake, and that's something that 
um, um, that that definitely I you know sticks sticks out to me, and that as I as I move forward in fatherhood, that I'm going to hold on to. So great. Uh, another question that came in: um, If you had the opportunity for a makeover, do-over, would you choose to be a dad again? Why or why not? Yeah, I mean, yes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give it up for the <laughs> for the world. So, um, yeah, it's just. I mean, as as many challenges as there may be in fatherhood, um, there is just. I mean, the joys that that come with it are just just overshadow that, and um, and yeah. I, there, so 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 for me, I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't give up Thea for the world. <laughs> she's a she's a blessing. There was a follow up question to that for you, Daniel. When will you be having another child? That might be from your mom. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That is not. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Can pay me later, Betty. It's okay. <laughs> um, if I had it to do over again, I would have kids again, um, mostly because I'm gonna cry. So, um, the world, this world needs my kids. They're just so amazing. And uh, I think I think their friends need them, and they they have a purpose here in the world, and I wouldn't take that away from the world. Amen. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Um, still along the lines of uh, parenting, how do you recognize who God has made each of your children? Um, how they how He's made them differently. Um, how do, how do you build that relationship with each of your kids versus your kids as a whole? Uh, I don't know, a decade or so back, uh, I actually sat down and wrote on a piece of paper what I thought their attributes were. And so that helped me concentrate and focus on, on who they were as individuals. I've only got one. Yes, <laughs> that one wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> And John, do you have that list still? That would be really interesting to. <laughs> would have been a good visual we could have put up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my my kids are as different as night and day, um, and as different as me and Cassie. So. <laughs> uh, my son is more of an introvert and needs his space, needs his alone time. Um, He's more physical and needs his uh, physical time, and he's um, he's more of a a little more of a bookworm, um, and so connecting with him on those levels, uh, and even when I'm when I'm dealing with him, if he's having a difficult time, I know that he needs to go take a break, whereas uh, Imogen is. Um, Super outgoing, very emotional, very uh, also fun-loving, a little bit of a bookworm. Um, she needs special attention, uh, and if she's having a hard time, I, I think she needs more attention. Um, 
And so just recognizing the differences and what they need based on who they are is the big thing for me. That's great. Um, another question that came in. What was it like when you had your first child? Don't make me cry again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. <laughs> I said to Cassie that night, um, the night that he was born, and he was gone in the, in the NICU, NICU? Yeah. Uh, and I said to her, I knew that I would love my kid beyond anything I knew I had experienced before. I didn't know that I wouldn't be able to get him out of my head. And it was just, it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was actually, uh, so the, the, the night that um, we had, we actually was like 12.30 in the morning, so it was, it was a Monday night. We had just laid down to bed and uh, we were talking, Cherish was talking about how unrealistic um, uh, the um, childbirth was in, 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 in like Hollywood and like in movies and, and, and shows and stuff like that. And she was, she was telling, me, telling me a story about an episode she'd watched, uh, I believe it was of Friends and, uh, and just how unrealistic it was. And all of a sudden, in the middle of telling the story, she says, my water broke. And, and, and I'm thinking she's continuing to tell the story and, and she gets up and runs to the bathroom. I was like, oh, your water broke. So, <laughs> So then we went to the hospital and we had a baby. But, um, but no, I just thought that was kind of a funny story to share along with that. But, but really, it was, it, it was really mind-blowing like to, to be there in the room. Um, and, and, and as um, we had to have a C-section because she was breached. But, um, but, but as, as they were taking Thea out and, then, and, and to just see her on the, on the table there like as, as they were um you know kind of messing with you um inhaled some amniotic fluid so there were there were a few issues there but um but it was just like oh my gosh i am responsible for this little thing <laughs> little child and uh it was and and yeah there was immediate i'm i am not a baby person you'll never really see me go up oh can i hold your baby i'm just not that way i um, I, I, I enjoy them more when they get to be maybe beyond one years old when you can play with them a little bit more. But, um, but with my child, I immediately loved her. And I was like, and I, 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 and I remember like they, they had to take her into the, the nursery for a little bit. And my wife, and I remember telling my wife, it's like my heart's in two places right now. And <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> so um, it, was de it was definitely just a... a amazing experience just to um, have her come into this world and know that um, I'm her dad. So, yeah. It is a transformation like Jake said and Daniel alluded to. There's a transformation. Uh, you don't have to be a baby person, but when your child comes in, it's mystical. It's a mystery. Uh, it really can't be explained, but uh, I'm sure everybody here who has had ch children experienced the same thing. Um, so moving on past the cute little baby, uh, what do you do with them when they're teenagers, John? Um, that is, uh, I have multiple questions here about uh, 
parenting teenagers. Any well, any advice or thoughts on that or embarrassing I, stories about Daniel? What I, uh, what I said earlier about difficulty in apologizing becomes even more important in those transitional phases from childhood, adolescent, and from adolescent to adulthood. Because that's when they're going through their major changes and you need to track that as best you can. And um, I don't think I did a good job, but I learned with Elizabeth, the oldest. When she turned 13 or 14, we found ourselves in Colorado and I found myself outside a vineyard conference apologizing, you know, and just understanding and saying, okay, our relationship has changed. I need to recognize that and, uh, and, and flow with it. Mm. No, not for you guys. I do no, want to no, say sorry. something nope. about it. I don't have teenagers <laughs> yet, but I, I feel like I'm preparing because well, Mace is nine, so it's not that mu- that far away. Um, but the thing is that we're, we're already in the stage where um, we don't just tell them what to do, but we teach them to make good decisions. We teach them... Um, we teach them to be their own person. And it's uh, that tough balance to find. And I think as they approach their teenage years, their adolescent years, um, the really the most important thing that's going to carry us through is the trust that they have of us. That they know that we trust them. That they know that we are there for them. That they know um, that we're on their side. Um, and we did. I did have a couple of issues with Emmaus, uh, my son, a few years ago, where he was blowing up, uh, having tantrums, uh, going a little crazy, like saying crazy things um, about how <laughs> he said something about like how he thought that I had hid a bomb in our basement and that I was going to blow us up. I was like, I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, and, and I recognized that he he was having feelings that he couldn't understand and he couldn't deal with, and that he um, was figuring out why he was having he was making things up to explain the feelings, and um, and I really had to, as I disciplined him for having tantrums and attitudes and clawing and biting. Um, I, I, uh, I told him after it wasn't working for a couple of weeks. Um, I told him I'm gonna take this discipline too, so that if you're not getting privileges, I'm also not getting privileges. If you're in timeout, I'm also in timeout. Um, and I think that will carry through to to uh, the teenage years because he knows I'm on his side. He knows that it's not me against him, it's not me berating him. Um, I will always be on his side. Um, Do you think there's certain things that it's incumbent upon a dad to teach their kids versus a mom? My general answer to that would be no. Um, But there is a sense in which um, boys tend to find their identity 
tend to see themselves in their fathers. Um, and girls tend to look for qualities in a guy that their fathers have. Um, so in that sense, only a man can exemplify what a man can be. Um, but in terms of lessons, I think both parents are equally responsible for all the lessons and, and, and need to exemplify all of those good qualities. I agree with Jake. Uh, I think that male and female have different roles, but I don't think that the lessons are limited to one gender. <laughs> Daniel agrees with all. I like it. Um, tell me about your best dad moment. Like, if, if you had one moment to show the world a time when you really nailed it as a dad, what was that experience? <laughs> I think I shared mine already. <laughs> That was pretty good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to think what a moment, man. Well, I don't know if this qualifies, but uh, getting in a crisis situation and not blowing up. And uh, there, there have been a couple of those, and you just need to know that they happen. But, you know, things that would normally just send me off the handle, not because of anybody, but because of circumstances. And uh, I kept my cool. And I, and I think those are good moments. Yeah, I, I think right now, just with the stage that Thea is in, like the moments that I, that I treasure that are just the times when I can just sit down and play with her, just watch her imagination go, go wild and, um, and use my imagination with her. I think that those are just, those are some of the um, most treasured moments I think right now that, that I have. Um, um, yeah. Nice. Um, what, do, what can moms do to support you uh, as dads? What's the best things they can do to support you? Read and understand the Bible and develop their relationships with Jesus. I think, um, you know, I know, I mean, every, every man, every father wants to feel like they are a good father and, and they want, they, they want respect. And so I think for me, like, you know, for the, um, and as, as a wife so supporting me, I think Cherish does a great job of just affirming that in me. Um, and, uh, and, um, you know, I mean, ultimately, we're we're in it together, and it's not. Uh, but you know, you know, I think that when when I know that um, she's got my back, I've got her back, and and that uh, that, that I know I have her respect, and that uh, we're gonna raise the it to, to to respect us both. You know, then that 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 to me is that's that's crucial that we're we're doing that together. Keep calm, and always carry a towel. <laughs> <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, but no, keep calm. I, I think is honestly staying calm can do amazing work. Um, it really goes farther than we we imagine. Um, just 
responding calmly to difficulties. Like you were saying about a crisis situation, if you can keep your head, if you can, if they're having a tantrum and you're not blowing up, that that goes farther than most things that we can even do. That that will go farther than most of the discipline that we will um, enact. Mm. So if we can do that together, we, we are um, and we have a leg up. That's awesome. Uh, what about cultivating uh, the relationship with your wife and wives? Any, um, well, each of you have one wife. I want to. <laughs> this is Utah people. This is Utah. Uh, that they know about. Any advice? <laughs> oh boy. Different panel. Different panel. Uh, any advice or things you've done really well in cultivating the relationship with your wives? And then, wives, you can nod your head or just. Look at them disapprovingly. <laughs> I think that's uh, up to her. <laughs> You're asking the wrong person what I've done well. Um, we take the time. We take the time to talk things through. Um, and that's partly because of her, that she, she makes us sit down and plan and... Um, talk about how the kids are doing, and uh, we take the time to get on the same page about things. Um, even if we end up disagreeing, we, we work things out, and, and I, think, I think continuing to work through your difficulties is, is the, uh, the work that needs to be done to, in any relationship but especially in a marriage relationship, and that will carry over into kind of all the others, I think. Yeah, I think, uh, I think time, taking the time is key, and that we're, we're actually still kind of navigating that and figuring out what that looks like and how we can set aside that time and, and just making the time that we set aside for just like us um, really make it sacred because it's, it's so easy for other stuff just to come and be like, oh, well, we were going to do this, but now I guess we're doing this. <laughs> so it's, um, so, and so we're still navigating that, that, that a bit, but I, I think that that's the key is that you, t you, is that you just set aside the time to, um, for, for each other and to, and to really um, make sure that you are, I mean, to me it's, it's heartbreaking when you see um, I think I think that it's easy to for your kids to be the focal point of your relationship with your spouse, and that's um, and, and 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 when that happens, that that's sometimes that's when you see these situations of people who are married for twenty, thirty years, and all of a sudden they get a divorce, and uh, and it's 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 because I think oftentimes because they their marriage was centered around their kids, and when the kids weren't there, it's like what do we have now, and. Um, and, and, and so I, I think that it's key to really continue to develop that relationship with your spouse. Cautiously and carefully choose which battles you want to fight. And in the words of Richard Carlson, the author, don't, don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small stuff. Mm. I thought you were going different. Cautiously select. Your spouse. <laughs> that goes with, I'm just going to say that to the single people in the room. 
cautiously select your spouse. Yes, that makes, that's half the battle. Uh, <laughs> okay, last question, and we'll ask the worship team to come up. I guess half the worship team's already up here, but uh, we'll ask the, the other members of the worship team to come up. Um, what advice would you give to the dads in the room? Just final piece of advice for the dads here. I think I've already stated it, but first of all, I would say that uh, remove hypocrisy from your life. I know you're going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes, but um, hypocrisy tends to endure, or at least the memory of it. So get rid of that. And uh, I think of uh, 3 John 4th verse says, I have no greater uh, joy than to know that my children walk in truth. And the best way your children know what the truth is that you walk in or talk is, is the one that you talk and walk in, in, that you teach them from the Word. So know and understand the Word of God so that you will know when your actions are contrary. And that really isn't too difficult. So, And, uh, of course, you set the standard pretty high when you say no hypocrisy. Yeah, I think... Um you know, if I were to point to anything, it'd be what we have back here, loving God and loving people. And I think it's the, um, I think that that's key in your relationship with your kids as well, is that, you know, first of all, you are loving God. Because truthfully, if you really are loving God and, and, and spending time with him, getting to know him better, then as, as you do that, you are going to love people and your kids included. And, and um, he's going to teach you how to be a good father. Um, so, so I think, um, you know, love, love covers a multitude of sins, right? Like, I mean, if you are, um, if, if, if you are truly invested in your love with God and truly loving your kids, wanting the best for them, not just wanting to, to, to look good, but wanting, wanting what's best for your kids, then, um, then, you know, God, God's, God's going to father you through it. So, I I have to go back to trust. Trust uh, trust yourself. Uh, God has given you the tools that you need, um, and if you can't find them, uh, ask around because they're there. Um, trust that God is helping you out. Trust that you're doing the right thing. Trust that, and trust your kids. Um, Sometimes we project our own issues onto our kids and we think, well, they're not, they're not doing the right thing because they're like this. They're, they start out almost a blank slate. And so everything they pick up, they pick up from us. So trust that they are, they are going to be responsive to your integrity, to your lack of hypocrisy, um, to your devotion they will be receptive. It will work. Um, and even if you're having difficulty, even if they're throwing a tantrum now, your patience, your kindness, your love, your respect will rub off on them. They will pick it up. Um, and they can be trusted um, to learn those things and to be those things to their friends. Um, and if, if, you give, if you give them trust, they will give you trust. Amen. Well, let's give these guys a round of applause. Thank you, guys.
Do we want to be real sensitive uh, on Father's Day? You know, I think, I can't think of a holiday that may have more mixed emotions that go with it than Father's Day. You know, from amazing fathers, you know, that you get to hear from and uh, get to model. There's a guy who didn't have an amazing father, but got to see it modeled from other guys in the church and have specifically one guy who grabbed me and said, I'm going to be your dad uh, or like a dad, even if you don't want me to. Uh, most of the time I didn't. Um, you know, it, it's sensitive. And I think if you look at our world today, a lot of the things that are messed up are because of dads who have checked out or dads who have left when it got hard. And speaking as a dad, it's not easy. I mean, it, every instinct in you, I think, that's not from God tells you to run, tells you that it's not worth it, that you know, it's, it's thankless you know, at times. So we just want to acknowledge there may be mixed feelings in the room on Father's Day and, and say that, that God also wants to heal that. And I know in my relationship with God, I reached a certain point where I could not move deeper into my relationship with God until I had learned to forgive my relationship with earthly fathers. And I really struggled with this because to forgive them felt like I was also condoning what they had done or saying it was okay. But really what it was was letting me off the hook for what they did and saying, I don't have to carry that to the next generation. I don't have to live my life with that. And so I just want to say, God wants to heal that if that's something that you're struggling with, whether it's how your dad was with you or even mistakes you've made as a dad. Um, like God wants to deal with that. He wants to, he wants to show you what the love of a father really feels like, the confidence that it brings when you know your father is behind you. And I think you know, it's easy to say, God can be your father. God can step in. That's, you know, that's awesome. That's great. But you also need someone with skin on, right? And and I just want to point out, there's a lot of people with skin here that are dads that would love to love you. Um, but often you have to get over your own hurt before you can go deeper. So as the worship team, we're going to do another song. I would, I would encourage you to just check your heart with God with where you're at with that today. And ushers, if you wouldn't mind, um, we're going to take the offering here. And let's pray, and then we'll sing a song, and then we'll get you to your Father's Day lunches here. So, God, we thank you so much for who you are, for the great Father you are, God. Um, God, I thank you for all these amazing fathers that are part of this church, God. I thank you for people who are playing the role of father, who aren't technically fathers, God, who aren't biologically fathers, but have stepped up to fill gaps, God, and stepped up and told people um, how much they love them. I thank you for them, God. I ask for more of them, God. I ask for healing uh, in this area, God, for those who've been hurt by a father. I ask for all that in your name, God, and I ask today um, that you would bless this offering, God, that you would bless relationships in this church, Lord, that we would 
not have to wait for a panel to get to know each other, God. We wouldn't have to wait for uh, random opportunities, God, but that we could continuously just celebrate each other, God, and how you've made this community, God, to be an oasis for this hurting world. And we love you so much, God. Thank you for your ultimate gift, God. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, We have some people that would love to pray with you. If uh, anything was sparked today in your heart, and you'd like to pray with someone about that. And I just want to say to all the dads in the room, um, you cannot be everything you're meant to be as a dad unless you're plugged in to your a relationship with God. Like, there's just no way. I was so challenged by um, some of what was said today about uh, hypocrisy and apology. You know, so, like, you can't do that alone. And so I just want to encourage you take this to God, take it to other guys, take it to your communities to work this out. Like, don't try to do this in isolation. It won't work. It just won't work. So anyway, we hope you have a terrific day. Hope there's lots of fun Father's Day lunches. I feel like there's going to be barbecue, something. I'm getting Mexican food, so I'm excited. Uh, But we hope you have a great week, and thank you so much for coming.